Hello, and welcome to this special series of podcasts from KPMG's Management Consulting Group. My name is Stan Lepeak. I manage the podcast program and also head up market research for the global KPMG Management Consulting Group. What we're going to be talking about today in this series of podcasts was recorded shortly after the changeover in the United States presidential administration is the impact of the new administration and some of its proposed policies on the use of third-party services. During any governmental shift, there's a lot of proposed legislation, and it's very important that organizations reflect upon that and do their advanced planning and due diligence to address what are the potential ramifications. Although I would say at this point, it's still very early in the U.S. administration. But what I wanted to talk about in these podcasts with David Brown, who's the global lead of KPMG's Shared Services and Outsourcing Advisory Group, is what are things that organizations should be doing to prepare to respond to and be aware of potential changes to immigration policies, the use of onshore and offshore shared services and outsourcing, and what that might mean in terms of either accelerating or taking a holding pattern or pulling back on investments into process automation and digital labor. Thank you for joining us for this series and certainly stay tuned. There's a lot of news still to come on these topics. And I'm pleased to have back with us again, Sir David Brown. Dave is the head of the U.S. Shared Services and Outsourcing Practice. He's a principal in the U.S. firm. And Dave also heads up the Global Shared Services and Outsourcing Center of Excellence and is a regular contributor to Advice Worth Keeping. So Dave, thank you for coming back to us again today to talk about critical and timely issues in the market, particularly in the U.S. Great. Thanks, Dan. Glad to be back. We had a prior podcast where we talked about the impact of the new administration in the U.S. on the use of offshore shared services. So we talked a little bit about what are some of the things organizations need to do to prepare themselves for potential changes, and this could be changes in terms of H-1B visas. It could be changes in terms of taxation strategies, policies relative to the use of offshore resources. I think we pretty thoroughly address this from the standpoint of organizations organizations which have their own offshore shared services. But in this podcast, we'd like to address what does this mean for organizations that are using third-party services, and in particular, third-party offshore service providers. Dave, what are some of the key things organizations need to address when it comes to thinking about their strategy and their policy when it comes to using third parties for delivering services from offshore, recognizing that very much a moving target, but what are some of the fundamental things they should be thinking about if they try to plot out what they should be doing over the next 12, 18 months? I think there's three things that keep popping up over and over again, both on the recent tweets that we're seeing from President Trump and even in his campaign promises. And one is on the reform on immigration and limitations for H-1B visas really has an impact for the service provider community and specifically those offshore outsourcing providers, as you mentioned. That restriction really limits them in being able to place qualified resources into the U.S. job market and really providing a quality solution for them. If those are restricted, it does put pressure on them in building out their capabilities. Um, the second part of that is putting out a minimum threshold or minimum salary for H-1B visas and increasing that from what the current one is, will actually drive up that cost base for these service providers. And it does put pressure on them when they're actually trying to sell more business to U.S. companies. So definitely the immigration reform that is being discussed in social media 
is going to have an impact on some of these service providers. So that's the first thing people have to be aware of. There will be an impact to the service providers, both the resources as well as the pricing. And the second thing we're hearing a lot about is potential for tax reform. We've heard a lot about it on the manufacturing side, where if there are products developed outside the U.S. and imported in, they're going to have a, a heavy tax on it. Service is being considered as a next wave of that as well. And so where you have these third-party outsourcers providing services back into the U.S. for large corporations, there is discussion that there will be services tax on that as well. So companies need to be aware of their outsourcing contract and what impacts that those services tax could be. And then the third thing with these outsourcing contracts, they need to be aware of as these immigration laws change, not only does it have this impact with the restriction of H-1B visas and that quality for their account, but the service providers themselves use the ability to leverage an H-1B visa to attract employees into their company. It's used as not just an attracting, but it's a way for them to develop skills and retain people because they do have that expectation that they could join the firm in an offshore location and be relocated to the U.S. for a period of time to increase their skills, to give broaden their knowledge base and to provide them with an experience of working in the U.S. And that could have a trickle effect in the service provider community, specifically for those offshore providers around succession planning, skills development, and retention. And we think companies need to start really paying attention to their mix of service providers of those that would be more heavily impacted by these H-1B visas. If you take into account the changes in immigration, H-1B visas, but you also take into account the rise of automation in lieu of cheap offshore labor, it sounds quite disruptive to the service provider markets. You just indicated organizations need to understand what's the state of the state with their service providers. Are there a couple things they should be looking at, particularly if they're going into a renewal situation that would indicate if their provider is going to be the one that survive this or not? Well, I think, Stan, there's three things very specifically that clients should be looking at with their outsourcing provider. The first thing that they should do is really assess their global sourcing model itself. Look at all their outsourcing contracts, not looking at maybe very specific ones that are these offshore providers, but within those contracts, they need to take a look at what are some of their termination rights that they have with those for partial opportunities, or if automation is applied to them and scope does decrease, what impact that does have on the contractual terms. They do need to look at the resource mix and where the locations are of those uh, resources in the service providers delivery centers. They do need to take consideration for any tax implications that may come of that if there were some tax benefits by setting up some of these contractual agreements with some of these service providers. That definitely has to take a look at. But I think one of the things that on this assessment would be really taking a look at that risk profile of their outsourcing provider and really trying to get a better handle on what are the potential impacts to the sustainability of some of these organizations should some of these immigration and tax rules or tax legislation come through. It will start changing, I think, the risk profile of some of the service providers. The second thing I think that needs to take a look at is really assess the opportunity of the outsourcing contract work that's being provided today. And Stan, you mentioned this, that with automation, there's a big opportunity to just eliminate the work. So if you're able to actually eliminate the work that a service provider is doing, or at least half of it, the benefits of the original contract to move it to a third party may have been that they were moving it to offshore locations and applying some labor arbitrage savings. Well, automation negates that. 
it almost becomes a wash. So why wouldn't you then take the remaining resources and bring them back on shore and build out a better succession planning, retool, reskill the individuals so that you can actually take advantage of creating jobs in the U.S., but also building a better succession planning and really leveraging the automation tools that are there. So that's the second thing that really should be evaluated is how can automation really affect what you may already have outsourced to third party. And then the last thing that I think is probably the most critical is stay up to date daily on your Twitter feeds, the social media, because as we continue to see the reaction of President Trump's comments, we're seeing the ripple effect within these different marketplaces, whether it's geographies or it's service providers, each are having a reaction to what that means to them or potentially mean to them. And companies need to stay aware of that because at some point, some of the words that are floating around in social media will make it into legislation and potentially become a bill. And if that does happen, by that time, if you react, it's going to be too late for you. Those are the three things that I would advise our clients today to focus on immediately. And those are things that they can do fairly quickly and they shouldn't wait too long to start acting on those. So final question. Your recommendations, I think, are spot on, but they're probably somewhat untraditional for the typical client organization. In your travels, are organizations ready for doing the things you just described? If you look at a reassessment of their global sourcing strategy, if you look at a reassessment of how they interpret potential legislative changes that are coming, I think it's intuitive they need to do that. Do you think firms are ready for this, or what do you think firms need to do to be able to be ready for this? I think firms need to realize that there's two things that are going to happen here. One, that there will be legislation that will come in within the U.S. on immigration that is going to affect their outsourcing contracts. They need to actually start evaluating that. I think firms are in a position to start realizing that there is going to be impact, but they're not necessarily preparing themselves and starting to look at the strategies. But the other part of this, the automation piece, we're starting to see a very quick adoption of robotic process automation. We're starting to see some machine learning and cognitive solutions a little bit farther out and a little bit slower to adopt, but we are starting to see that pick up that actually could help as an accelerator for them to evaluate what they should do with some of their outsourcing agreements. I think the biggest thing, Stan, that I don't think organizations have quite looked at is if I am going to bring jobs back internally, and internally maybe back in the U.S. or it may be back into some other local in country, is where are they going to find the resources to be able to actually do this. We talk about war and talent, how challenging it is, and it's always in our top five concerns of companies is to find the right talent. I think that companies aren't prepared for the ability to find these resources if they were to bring them back onshore, if they were to bring them back internally. I think there's an opportunity to bring some of it back, but I don't think they realize full breadth of what it means to just bring jobs back from a third party. And if there's anything I could advise them on it, when you're doing your assessment is to really take a look at that supply pool that's out there and to make sure that you're comfortable that you're going to not only attract the talent that you need and find them, but to be able to retain them and continue to build career paths for them or you'll lose them. That would be what I'd consider probably the biggest gap in the analysis we're seeing today. Great. Well, Dave, thank you very much. As usual, this has been great insight. I think your final words are particularly prolific in terms of the challenges organizations have. It's great to hire local. It's great to do things local, but you got to have locals that can do it. And we'll have to get you back here again to continue the discussion. Thank you for your time today. Great. Thanks for having me, Stan. 
And you can find the links to the items we referenced in the show today below the podcast. If you're online, of course, the URL for that is kpmg.com slash us slash podcast. That's a wrap. Thanks for your participation. 